Welcome to episode 285 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film and more. I am one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host, Paul Robinson. Here, it's going to be a short one today. Actually a short one. Actually a short one. Um, We've only got one thing to review because it's been crazy a week. doozy of a week. Yeah. Uh, so there hasn't been a whole lot of time for watching the stuffs. And I don't feel like much has really happened in the way of news i did discover some information though that is you know it's probably like where have you been but um a couple weeks ago i meant to kind of mention that i was unaware of the uh sort of agreement if you will um that comes along with being part of reese witherspoon's book club and how this whole thing came to be now you have people that are like she's a genius and i guess if you're looking at it from like a business model standpoint Mm -hmm. um yeah you know good good job right um but for people that are are in the in the business and you know if i've spoken to a couple of authors and having worked at at a library i do know how this works in terms of publishing yeah um they would probably be less enthused by the rules and regs, if you will, of being part of this club. So I'm, I'm just, I mean, just like glazing over it, mm-hmm. a non-detailed um, explanation is like, basically she started this book club and she has a built-in fan base, obviously being who she is. And she is providing a service, if you will, which I, I think would probably be the more corporate uh, term for it. She provides this service for, excuse me, <clears throat> I'm getting verklempt. Yeah. I'm very upset about this. Yeah, I can tell. Um, where a, an unknown or otherwise unknown author or like up and coming-ish or maybe you have like a small fan base can jump onto this platform, which would give you automatic views, Right. You know, if she's talking about this book or it's on there, people are like, well, if it's on here, I'll check it out. You're going to get eyeballs where you probably wouldn't have gotten eyeballs. Sure. Um, the, 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 the caveat there, it's tiny, is that she now owns the rights to that book should it be made into a movie. Mm. And there is a possible possibility of you getting it back if she thinks it's a pile of shit and she's like yeah that's never going to be a good movie i don't want it you yeah. can have it back yeah. um which would be funny if you then are able to make this into a profitable film it's like haha um and so you know if you're wearing your business bonnet and learning that information pretty successful way of doing things and yep. um but you know people really overestimate what authors get, especially new timers. Um, new you know, timers. New timers. Yeah. Yeah. Newcomers, first timers. Yeah. See? First See comers. what I did there? No, no, no we're not no. doing that, sir. Just different podcast. I specifically said new timers so that the other option would not be said out loud. And there you go. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, so uh, now you're having to deal with like, okay. Whatever, because this has nothing to do with the publishing house, right? 
you get what you get there. But now you don't have the rights to that film. And I don't know how deep this goes. Like, I'm assuming she's not sharing those profits with you to be a nice person. Um, yeah. She owns it. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's not like, all right, I have the right to make the movie and then you get 15% of whatever the profits are. It's I, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like it's just, uh, that's mine. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't researched it to, to, to know, but... You haven't researched it? Researched it. <laughs> Come on! Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, you know, yeah. Reese and I go way back and... Um, oh, Jesus Christ. You know, For I... For the time when she didn't talk to you on set? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, knowing her as well as I do... Yeah. I mean, standing behind somebody in a scene is pretty intimate. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was a good two feet from her. And Seem closer than that. Yeah, maybe closer. You're pretty, up, you're pretty up, up, and, up and in the personals. Yeah. But, you know, when you go through something like that with somebody, it's, you know, it really bonds you. <laughs> and knowing her as well as I do, I feel like um, it's, it's just, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's a little weird, I think. Because, but there's the whole thing of like, well, then don't do it, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, but that. But it's like, it's again, like that's streamlining like... the process of, I mean, she's been buying up book rights for mm-hmm. eons even. Um, even bef- you know, pr- probably back when we first were hanging out a uh-huh. lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised she didn't talk to you about that. I and mean, I would think it was something that she no, would talk to you about. No, uh, because I probably would have advised her against it because... Uh-huh. You know, it's you are not... very influential in her life. I am. Yes, yeah, yes. I am. But it's you know, it's it's just like, look, I'm not, I'm tired of doing all the work of buying up all these artists' rights. Can you just come to me and give me your rights? Yeah, she's you know? basically like, you know, I um, what better way to be cast in something than owning it? Yeah, because yeah, she's also starred in several of the films that yeah. she's uh, uh, procured, if you will. Yeah. Um. So there is that as well. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm, listen, Reese Witherspoon is, is worth tons and a lot of it is because of this. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm, I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm just genuinely wondering timeline wise, like, you know, she was the it girl and then she kind of wasn't anymore. And then, th- then she started showing up in these things that she had her, had sort of dipped her business toes into. Sure. So I'm wondering if this is how, she maintains that. Listen, I, I'm married to a cinematographer, director, editor, and that's how I get into my movies. So I'm not throwing shade on yeah. that being the process. But I wonder if that's what it was, that if it wasn't like I'm not saying you're a has been, but I'm just saying like, you know, you get the roles that you get. You're not really liking them. And you're like, how do I cast myself in something that I'm actually going to like? Yeah. And then, you know she does this i mean again like i said i understand it from a business standpoint but i think that you know that you there is the argument of like hey don't jump on the platform if you don't want the potential movie rights to your idea stolen is kind of also the same as like being like well don't be an actor if you don't want to have to take your top off in movies like that's how that's what movies are about right that's what we like we like different but we like you thin and we like to to be able to objectify women and you can't be of a normal weight and you have to look a certain way so why would you go into this business if you know that that's kind of like what i hear when someone says like oh we're doing great things for authors and up-and-coming authors and then you know the, the reality is that you're looking for 
it it costs her nothing to to boost you up. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a, it's a solely for gain. You're hoping that you get a diamond in the rough in there, right? And then you could make millions off of that. And it's cost you nothing because the platform's free. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. The platform's free. You don't have to pay to go on there. I'm not paying you. Nobody's getting paid there. But if I find a, if I find a book that's going to make a great movie, I can make millions off of this. And you're going to get nothing. Yeah. Now, to be fair, um, you know, there is the the benefit of being an author whose book was chosen by Reese Witherspoon to be adapted into adapted into a film. Mm-hmm. And your next book will probably do pretty well without her or off of that platform because now sure. you've developed a fan base. There's a there's a writer whose name I'm not going to mention who is like KRR token. No, who became like a TikTok sensation. And this was whilst I was at the library and I was like, I just have to read this person's book because why like everyone's acting like these are the best books in the world. And so I was like, let's see. I read one of them and it was a good idea. But then the end just like crashed. Um, And it was really predictable. Like I saw where it was going. Uh, but mm-hmm. it was it was an entertaining read, sure. and I think would have made probably an entertaining film if you zazzed it up a bit and kind of like changed a few things. But mm-hmm. um, it was interesting. And then I read another of this person's book, and I was like, that was horrible. <laughs> like I didn't even get through it. I mm-hmm. think I got like the first thirty pages, and I was like, I have no, I I don't care about. It. I'm not invested in any of this. And so it all depends. Yeah. You know, hype is it, it depends. And, you know, that's great. Like there's uh, again, there's a lid for every container of people like that person's books. Then then, then that's great. It just wasn't for me. Um, there's a lot that can be done there, though, I guess. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of a double edged sword because it's like you're doing a good thing, but for a bad reason. Right. I guess. You know? Yeah. Like you're not really interested in helping authors get their name out there. You're just getting you're getting ideas for free. You're basically obtaining scripts for free. Yeah. And so this for me goes, you know, it's the writer thing that I'm just like, that's kind of fucked up because as a first time author, you're not getting a lot of money. It's a gamble. Like we don't know you, you don't have a fan base. It's going to cost us money to print all these books out and to talk you up. And if this fails, you just cost us money. Uh, So there's not a whole lot. And, and, and I'll tell you something even better known authors are not making as much as you think they are. You have to be like Stephen King. Or yeah, something. he's always the person everybody uses. But yeah, yeah. you have to be the uh, you know th- that household name. You have to be you know Anne Rice and you know those types of writers where John Grisham. Yes, that's another good one. Uh, the Clive Barkers of the world. You know, you have to really have. A fan base. It can't just be like my book did well. You have to be like best selling. Those are the yeah. people that are on par. Dan Patterson. Dan Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that his name? No. Oh. I thought that was. <laughs> um. <laughs> so you have to be like on that level. Hmm. To you know that's like the A lister level basically. If you were to compare it to. Um, making films uh otherwise you're you're very much like a d-lister you know you're like writing to get by yeah and that's about it yeah you have to write those like uh 
those like steamy, like cheesy well, I mean, novels or whatever. You you would have to be known for that also. I mean, there's th- listen, there's no shortage of that. Um, there's no shortage of of like romance novels and yeah. you know whatever. Um, but there was another writer that I was trying to there's, think of. I think this is the the crappy part is just having the rights tied up in that right. If if you <laughs> were <laughs> it was the the conviction. You were like Dan Patterson. That's he's and somebody. I knew, <laughs> I listen. Dan Patterson definitely exists. Yeah. There is a Dan Patterson in the world. So, like, but the tricky part—it's not that, James Patterson. <laughs> uh, it's um the tricky part is uh is having your rights tied up in something. And so, like, if let's say you get you do this book club thing, and then, then the rights you, you sign the rights over, and you go on the book club, and then let's say it does well in the book club, but. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to make a movie for whatever reason. Right. Now you can't, nobody else can now make that movie with the book, you know? Well, she, well, she, she would have to release it. Yeah. So I, I would, I, I pff, could be pulling this straight out of my colon, but I would hope that you would be able to like go to the representation there and be like, hey, somebody wants this movie. Do you want this movie or not? Can I have this movie back or are you? Well, then why wouldn't she just sell the rights and then she can make the money? The the agreement there is that she can, if she's not interested in it, she, she can drop it and you can get it back. Mm-hmm. But if she wants it, then it's hers. And if she wants to sit on it and then does, and because that's the thing, that doesn't mean it comes to fruition. That's what I'm saying. It could just sit on, and this is what they do in Hollywood, right? Yeah. They, 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 they obtain a script. Uh, this could be interesting. We'll shelve it. And they just, millions upon millions of dollars just sitting on stories that are mm-hmm. bought and purchased so that nobody else can have them. And then, uh, you know, the, m- most of the time nothing happens with it. So she could do that as well. Um, I would assume that if she starts doing that to, uh, a certain extent then people would be like hey i don't want to go on this platform anymore yeah. so it wouldn't be in her best interest to do that yeah i think that's probably why she has the sort of catch and release thing like if mm-hmm. i don't want it then you can have it back anyhow i it's just almost like you're pitching yeah i just thought her. that was kind of like it's a double-edged sword it's like yes it provides opportunity but it's also for not a great reason yeah um anyhow so uh we finally jumped on the barbie wagon mm. i I, I I definitely was not going to see this in the theater. Um, I just like, I, I don't know. It, this isn't my type of movie yeah. that I'm normally attracted to. I like the cast, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just was like, like if you had said, I don't really have an interest in seeing that movie, 100% I wouldn't have seen this movie. But because you had an interest, I'm like, all right, fine, I'll entertain it. Um, but it's not one I would have probably seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that I saw it, but it's just, but I'm also not like, oh my God, if I had never seen that, you know, it's just yeah. like, um, but this is definitely a film. It, listen, I knew this was going to be a film that I was probably going to find entertaining, but this is a perfect example of like, there was so much hype yeah, and then you hit a point, like I can take so much hype. And then my brain goes, I don't, I don't want to, you've talked about it so much. I don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> like if there was a part of me that was interested in it and for me, it would have been the cast, certainly not the, the Barbie topic of it. Um, right. But like, that was the only part that was pulling me in was the cast. And then I was just like, all right, now, now you're pissing me off because <laughs> you know, everything was Barbie. And I was like, I don't, 
it's like, you know, it's like cartoons. I and mean, you just like parents get beaten over the head with something that's coming out. And then the, there's all the toys in the house. And they want the pajamas and the sheets and all that stuff. And it's like, I don't ever want to see that again. Yeah. That's kind of how the I feel like movies are like they either advertise the shit out of them or there's just poor advertising. And those are great movies. So, again, the creator is something that really didn't get as much attention as I feel like it should have on the advertising standpoint. Mm-hmm. And then and and I loved and then you get something that's just like advertised to death. Yeah. It's expensive to advertise. Sure is, so they yeah. have to they have to they have to be secure in that they're getting that investment back. It's all business. But um Yeah. But I do yeah. appreciate Greta Gerwig though. I really liked uh, Lady Bird. I did not see Francis. I know everyone's like, oh, that was her big movie. That I, I didn't see it. I'm I'm probably not going to, but I really did like Lady Bird. But I'm gonna be honest with you. 70% of why I watched Lady Bird was because of the cast. And it's that you got Saoirse and you've got my girl. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm gonna, anything that, that Laurie Metcalf's in, I'm going to watch. Yeah. Um, and I do like Saoirse. I think she's a, she's a really good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like a lot of the hype for that movie was because people were Greta Gerwig fans because of the other sure. movie. And so like that, followed in and since i hadn't watched that i was in for the cast and i thought it was a very good movie i really liked it and so because i liked that one so much it was like all right well i appreciate a writer director and i did like that movie so this will probably be good but um people like they're like this was like the best movie of the year i i can't i i can't really say that yeah for me this was the best movie of the year it's very commercial it's a very commercial movie you know yeah and those for me tend not to be the best movies of the year because yeah, I just like your your four quadrant movie right where you're just appealing to all the yeah all yeah. The, the the whatever and it, nothing's too I mean I'm surprised that you know they did um they did poke fun at Mattel a little I'm and, surprised Mattel went for that yeah <laughs> I'm sure it took some convincing um because it's you know it's not like they made them look bad necessarily they just made them look a little incompetent or whatever but. Uh, but in you know just poking fun at, at them and um and whatever but it was like uh i don't know i i, I found it i thought it was pretty funny and i mean it's it's the it's this is a, a this is a perfect example of a movie where your your supporting role i guess is the star is yeah and and you know when you ha- when you're the main which is ironic when you're the main lead of something there's little flexibility now margot robbie's a a good actor obviously she's technically impressive as well she is creative and and all that stuff but um it's it's ryan gosling is charming as hell so that's yeah that's, and and i think he's, that's a difficult his, person to outshine i think his comedic timing is underrated although he's he's been doing some more comedic he, stuff lately with you, this if and then you he's saw got the, the nice Man guys one. like yeah that he the fact that i mean he's done he's done some comedies actually i should yeah, say yeah. that he, you know he does he does do comedies but he he's not praised enough for his comedic timing and his uh delivery yeah. he's a very very good comedic actor and so he's going to be a hard he's person got the to subtlety outshine. that he plays both in dramatic and comedic roles that just does so well it's like this undertone almost you know and yeah. you know his his performance in this was he had much more of a leash to play in this world where Margot Robbie's character was kind of like one dimensional. Well, just, yeah, it was just very like, it's very confining because it's, you know, it's, it's this titular role and you have to, you have to kind of. 
I'm I am absolutely not going to sit here and act like in your day to day life. You just blast out with titular. Well, it is. <laughs> you know, I try to be a little bit more um, refined. Scale. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. our audience here. You know? <laughs> well, thank so you for that. I bust out those big words like we're arguing or something. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's the inside joke, because when we argue, I use big words for some reason. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Um, it's it's a. Uh, yeah, it's it's very confining because you you have all these you're telling this story right, so you don't have a lot of room to just be silly. And Ryan Gosling got to just be silly in it, and I feel like that is much more appealing to an actor and an audience. So for me, I liked the movie prob- more than you, as as per usual. Um, although you did you did seem to enjoy it a little bit. Um, I found it entertaining, and there were funny parts for sure. But mm-hmm. I halfway through had said to you i thought this movie was titled barbie like mm-hmm. i thought this was about barbie and i honestly felt like it could have been titled ken or ken and barbie at the very least ironically mm-hmm. um because it didn't feel like it was about barbie she didn't feel like the star like he yeah. was the villain right and he sort of took the reins and stole the show and there was sort of like for me, there was a mixed message. Like, I appreciate what they're doing, and I understand that. And and I feel like, especially in this business, you also have to kind of do things in doses. You know, you have to work slowly when you're sort of... Uh, otherwise, it seems like you're beating your audience over the head with a message. So you want to have to do it. You have to subdue that a bit. And I understand that, and I respect it. But um, it wasn't lost on me that, like, the only time she got to be sort of funny or, like, not Barbie was when she was first discovering that she was thinking about death and her feet went flat, but doing that whilst still looking perfect. Whereas like Kate McKinnon, had she been able to do something like that, had they allowed her to sort of turn into weird Barbie and Mm -hmm. then come back or whatever you were going to do, that to me was uh, a better example of like, hey, because like they were like, well, listen, there has to be a point where she's the she's non Barbie, right? She's lost her pizzazz, and then somebody was like, "I know, take off her makeup." <gasps> she's hideous. Yeah. Oh my god, she's like well, a regular person because she's not yeah. wearing makeup and still conventionally attractive, but without makeup. And it's just like, what? It's like so there was no gray area. It was like either you looked perfect or you looked like a fucking psychopath. Which, by the way. Kate McKinnon was how my Barbies looked. Big surprise coming for me. Yes, I was a person that shaved my Barbie's head and rolled all over her because I didn't understand Barbie. I didn't like playing with Barbie, but people would give them to you as a gift. And I was like, how do I destroy this? Yeah. Um, and so like it, it's like it was te- it was telling a message. It was saying so much and then also not saying anything at the same time, because then it was like sort of it circled back into what it was trying to get away from mm. for me, where it became a, its own stereotype. <laughs> it was like we want to. We want to get, we want to, um, there's a message here that we want to get across to an audience of, of, of veering away from the stereotype. But then it, it just did a 360 and then went back into, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, like, it was just like, well, we're right back here where like, okay, she went out into the world, but which is why I absolutely, and, and here's the thing. I don't think that that was lost on them because they, I don't know if they had to fight for this either. Um, but like putting the whole like, yeah, way to cast Margot Robbie as like an ugly person in this moment when Helen Mirren says that. Yeah. 
it's so funny because right before that, I was like, oh, my God, what a hideous person. And then they made that comment. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Because you're, <clears throat> excuse me, you're using a person that even without makeup is conventionally attractive to portray what a regular person looks like. And it's like, nah. However, I understand that this was Margot Robbie's project as well. So she's going to be in it. And so there there was no making this film without her. But had this film been made... Well, she she didn't actually she didn't sign on to be barbie until later in the process they had already but but, it, but, yeah. but she was part of the production this yeah, was, yeah. but she wanted to she wanted this they've tried to make this for a while i believe actually yeah. um and you know and then she's cast and it's like did she make a, a perfect conventional barbie like of course she did but it was just like the message was just sort of ironic for me that i was like yeah i don't feel any more uplifted as a woman i don't feel seen as a woman after watching this movie it just Pretty much, I was just looking at like every imperfect, like the fact that they they decided to add a, a quarter sized chunk of cellulite as like the imperfection. I'm like, good lord! I wish that was all the cellulite I had on my body. Uh, you know, it, it just kind of like it uplifted you for a split second before punching you straight in the larynx because mm. it was like, yeah, this is still not like this is not what. I would view as or or deem to be uh, like a groundbreaking message here. And I understand like, you know, you still have the studios breathing down your neck and they're like, yeah, guess what? Kate McKinnon's not going to be the conventional Barbie, right? Mm -hmm. She's going to be crazy Barbie because she plays that character in everything, right? She's good yeah. at it. But I mean, I'm just being honest. She does that in everything. Yeah. And I found her really funny in it. I thought she yeah. made a, a really good, crazy, weird Barbie. Um, but for me, it was just like, yeah, that's not really hitting the same. Like just having her sit and cry and then take her makeup off. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. I mean, that's how I roll 24-7. So I guess I'm just always hideous. Yeah. Yeah. They. Uh, yeah. The, the, you had this. And that was definitely a, a, a decision made later after seeing it and being like, oh, we should probably address that. Because, you know, you had the narrator at the beginning and then the narrator goes away except for that one line. Yeah. And so that was definitely something that, um, I mean, look, it was, it was, it's a good movie. I do like Greta Gerwig and I, I always want to support what she does as a filmmaker um, because she is a writer director mm -hmm. and, and, and doing something on this scale where you can write and direct it is not, you know, not a lot of people can do that. No, so, successfully. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's, it's, it's good to see when, when anyone that, when anyone has that ability in Hollywood to kind of uh, uh, have that kind of power and then uses it for, you know, something good, I, mm -hmm. I suppose, you know, but. Well, she tells the story she wants to tell, which I really respect. Yeah. I think she's a really good writer director. Um, it's just, you know, th this, it, it was just very, it was very heavy, heavy handed on the Hollywood yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. side of it. Like it just didn't feel very like it's, authentic it's, or in, it's, I know it's not indie, but you know what I mean? Like it, it's a very indie idea, well, but brought into yeah. like the well, Hollywood it's, it's side. It's a tricky message just at, anyway, because it's like so many people, guys, obviously, but so many people equate female empowerment with like man hating. And so how do you, how do you deliver that message of female empowerment without the idiots? I mean, you really shouldn't care, but without the idiots being like, well, this is a man-hating film. And it's like, it's not really, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I appreciated, all, actually, I appreciated like... that they circled, 
the issue on where it was like they weren't saying at the end, well, it's going to be all women and it'll remain all women. It was kind of like the message there was like, yeah, we'll let you in in doses, which is basically mirroring how women are right. in the real so, world. Like, we'll let you in, but it's well, not going to be say, right you away. Know, like, the you know, someday men will have as much power in this world as women do in the real world. Yeah. So, so it, it wasn't like that the world should only be rule and ruled and, and uh, by women and run by women. Um, and then there was the irony, obviously, of like, yeah, men would have to wait their turn, basically, and, yeah. and eke their way in. Well, it's like anything, right, where you have um, where you have a, a, an imbalance. And so for in order for so if I always equate it to two cars, right? Really? Two cars driving down the road. One's doing 90. Mm -hmm. Let's say they're the men. And the one doing 30, that's the women. Mm -hmm. But you want them to be going the same speed, to be equal. Well, <laughs> this car that's doing 30 is going to have to go faster than 90 to reach 90 mm -hmm. and, and then drive at right. the same equate. So there is a bit of overcorrection that's going to happen where it seems like, oh, now because... There's no, you know, it's it's like, well, this company only hires women because they want to equal out the, the workforce, right? Because there's not enough women in there now. And so that's, so on the surface, looking at it in a completely, you know, blank slate, it's like, well, then you're hiring more women than men. So that's unfair to men. But you're just trying to balance the fact that they've already hired more men to begin with than women. So... It's this. It's this well, balance. Then you've of, had a couple hundred years jumpstart. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's there's a there's a there's a there's a bit of an overcorrection that happens, and you know, obviously, I'm okay with that. Not that I, it, it, my opinion matters at all, but you know, I think that that is necessary in any kind of overcorrection or or any kind of evening out of anything because you need you can't just w slowly work up to it being even. Like it doesn't work like that. We don't. You know, we're not going to wait another hundred years for well you also in many ways you this is a situation where i feel like you have to force it on people because if you if you say to the system hey we need to hire more women they're like no yeah or like yeah okay we'll get to that so the only way for you to actually start to to jump start that idea is by forcing people into it like all right well now we're just gonna we're gonna overload a bunch of women into this and then you know we'll have to start going backwards to just sort of even things out. Yeah. Um, that you, doesn't can, always work, you know, no, I think always, it doesn't always work. And yeah. I don't, and, and I don't think that it's the best solution, but it's the only way to do it. I think it's unfortunate that we have to do it that way, right? Where we have to just like give some, like I've always on the show, I've always talked about the fact that I don't want to be hired or considered because I'm filling a quota. That's the problem with it is that I, I don't like that it feels that way. But it is that way for a, a lot of situations, right? Mm -hmm. Not all, but for, you know, I've been privy to be a fly on the wall in many conversations with companies and, and clients that you've had as well, where it's not subtle. It's like the conversation is literally like, yeah, we need to bash people over the head with the equality of this. Yeah. And then it becomes like, let's just let's hit every stereotype and just like we want to make sure make sure that everybody feels represented in this. And it's not genuine. It's from a corporate standpoint. Yeah. It's not because they're actually looking to make change and they're not actually interested 
in properly representing it's the, people. It's just the illusion of like, here you are, we're giving you that representation so that we can look super woke and really modern and cool. And it's self-serving. Yeah. And so that's what it, that's my issue with it is that it's a lot of the times when it happens, it's not really like, hey, let's get a bunch of badass women who are at the top of their field because it's hard to find that many women at the top because they're not given the opportunity. So it starts to become like a, you know, it's it's that irony of like, well, there's not a lot of women there because you don't give a lot of women opportunities. But then like if you don't want to feel like you're being part of a quota, then like what do you want us to fucking do? <laughs> so. Yeah. There, you know, I, I understand that there are still uh, there are still kinks in that that have to be worked out. Um, and again, it's baby steps. Yeah. But I just feel like there was a, there was a bit of talk about the inclusion aspect of like disabilities being represented in this film. And I'm like, I saw wheelchair Barbie for like five seconds. I yeah. didn't see that Barbie again. And I and again. This is, you know, this is studios and this is baby steps, but it's just like, good grief. Like, I didn't really see that as such a groundbreaking thing. I'm like, had you made her a bigger character? Yeah. You could have put that Barbie in the forefront a little bit more than you did. It was literally just like, make sure there's a wheelchair and a Barbie, like all inclusive. We got yeah. disabilities represented. It's like, I mean, you sure. Yeah. Sure. We saw One a wheelchair, shot, a Barbie, yeah. but it was like she was in maybe two scenes yeah. like. And not for very well, long. It's tricky because you can change policies and procedures, but you can't change people's minds mindsets. And the only for me, I don't mind the whole like again, this is just my opinion, but I don't mind when people are like, Look how inclusive we are because then it it, it brings that to the to the it brings that topic into the conversation. Right. And so it's like so there's this so there's this there's this YouTuber, Mr. Beast, right? Have you heard mm -hmm, of him? Mm -hmm. So he, he makes a lot of money and he, but he does stuff with his money. So he'll go to like Africa and like give him $10 million for clean water or something like that, you know, but then he makes a whole big stink about it, right? He's like, whatever. And sure. so it's like the thing of like, you know, so then a lot of people that have been doing this work for years and years and years are like, what the fuck? We've been trying to do this forever. And this guy comes in and whatever. But if, if the point is to get the money and to get the work done, then it shouldn't matter. Yeah, right? we so, but it's a tricky yeah, situation because we feel kind of different. I get what you're saying, but I do understand the point of view. Is like, well, look, people have been doing this forever, and they get no, but Ned, this right? But, so but also, I get both sides of that conversation. Who's in it for the long term? Which is my sure. point. But, so, but when if a, the end goal is the result, and then someone can give you the right, result, but then it's what, the sustainability, right? Sure. Because you can do anything for a moment, and there's no shortage of stories of like, hey, we built this thing, and it's like, go look at that thing now. Is it still functioning? Yeah, yeah. No, it's not, right? Because you got your views, you got your popularity, and then you didn't give a shit about what happened afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the problem for me. Well, yeah, is there's that, a, yeah, there's there's yeah, two sides to that story. When you have a corporation that's put pushing how inclusive they are and how diverse they are, but it's part of the fad, right? And then when it's no longer as cool of a thing, right? Because, you know, someone's gonna be like, well, since when is diversity not cool? Many times, right? We yeah. It peaks, it ebbs and flows, right? And then so you have like a company like Pepsi that jumps all over something like that, right? Until a better thing comes along. And then suddenly their commercials aren't as diverse. And then we're not creating those opportunities anymore. It's like we're giving you this flat, like a flash in the pan kind of thing, right? Where we'll give you your five minutes, but like don't expect actual change. Don't come back here in three years. We're not going to hire you for that yeah. because that's not cool anymore. Well, and I think that's one of the 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 things in the movie that I'm glad they 
I'm sure had to fight for is that, you know, having Mattel's, you know, board be all white males. And so like, you know, uh, you know, you look at a company like Pepsi and if you want to see if they're inclusive, the real test to any company is like, see who actually has the power. Mm -hmm. What makeup is, is, is that, is that body of people that actually have the power to make decisions are that's you only kind of like, diverse on paper? Yeah, right. Exactly. And that's what it is a lot of the times. A lot of people, it's always the... I mean, look, any, the, any progress is progress. Whoever's but... shouting it the loudest is usually the least diverse. Yeah. And that that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, you can shout diversity when it's making you money, when there's profit to be made off of it. But if we were to dig into your corporation, how diverse are you actually? Um and, you know, again, with like the disability thing, like I, I understand that it's a it's a it's at a snail's pace. But I just found like I was just like, is that really it? Like when we were nearing towards the end, I'm like, was that it for disability Barbie? Like yeah. it was just like five seconds and they couldn't find anywhere else to put that Barbie in a scene. Like yeah. it just really uh, it was like kind of like a backhanded attempt for me i and, and I, like i said i i get it i get it but i just think we've very long way to go i really felt like they could have added and it didn't have to be that same barbie there could have been a different disability but like yeah, it right. just wasn't you know like have chair, somebody it. who's or just have a character who was blind or deaf or uh had spina bifida or whatever the fuck you know yeah. i mean there's so many that's the thing is that we kind of also like go like oh they're disabled put them in a wheelchair not every disabled person is in a wheelchair it's usually like someone's deaf or in a wheelchair that's kind of like hollywood doesn't go past that yeah. like they're either deaf or in a wheelchair and that's it uh we don't there's no other disability like there's many disabilities people have meningitis and you know like all kinds of things that have created disabilities or made one limb smaller than the other or like it's it's always those like th those uh those moments where it's like oh this person's missing a finger which was like in slow horses right we went an entire season without even noticing that this woman was missing digits or that she yeah. had had a disability uh like a deformality with her hand because it didn't fucking matter ultimately but it's always like, and that's the thing. Somebody be like, well, what's the point if you don't notice it? That's the point. The point is that right. you want to get to a point where you don't notice it. So you kind of have to, you, you almost have to show it to not show it. It's just so weird. Yeah. But that is sort of what you'd have to do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it added no, absolutely no levity to the character once you find out. It's just, an, it's just a thing where you go like, oh, I didn't realize that about her hand. And then we moved the fuck on because it was a well-written show and it's not about that. Yeah. And I always find like I'm always like sort of, uh, you know, as a person who doesn't have like a, 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 a um, an obvious glaring disability. Right. Like I have autoimmune issues or so people meet me and they don't know that. Right. Unless they're sure. seeing me in the middle of a flare up. They're like, what is wrong with her? Then you get to explain like, oh, my body hates me and it attacks itself. But when you have a disability that's physical, that someone can see, um, you know, it, that's the thing when I've talked to people that have physical disabilities there it's usually like the outside that's going like oh you don't want to do this and people that are actually living that life are like yeah i don't mind that people see my disability i just don't want to be judged for it because yeah. clearly i'm missing fingers yeah right we all know that the standard is one through ten here yeah. on the digits so like i'm okay with somebody like yeah of course someone is going to look at my hand and their brain is going to register like some of those are missing yeah I mean, that's obvious, right? But the point is to not stare at it and be like, 
ew, why? What's wrong with you? Yeah, Can you yeah. not do other things? It's just to be like, oh, that person's missing fingers. I've, you know, I've been out in pub public. Someone's interacting with you. You're like, oh, that person's missing an eye. You can tell because it's, I know what a glass eye looks like or what, you know what I mean? You're yeah. like, oh, and then it's natural curiosity internally to be like, oh, I wonder what happened. Yeah. But I don't well, think it's... that they're incapable of something because yeah. they're missing an eye. Yeah. Um, but that's my point is that I go to the supermarket and my cashier can be missing an eye or missing a finger or have missing an ear. You know what I mean? Because that's real life. Like yeah. Not everybody is perfect. So. Right. And, I, and I think, you know, we've talked to, you know, we've had guests on the podcast that yeah. are disabled and we've had we've met people in real life. And I feel like the common kind of sentiment for at least that I've come across is that they don't. They don't want special treatment no. for anything. They just want to be equal. That's just want to be represented. That's it. Yeah. And so, but I do feel like in order to be, I guess that's my point from earlier is like in, in order to be treated equally, there needs to be a little overcorrection and you do need special treatment yeah. a little bit I, because yeah, we live in a world, but... because we don't live in that world. If we lived in a world where you could make change and people were open-minded about it. Yeah. You could just be like, look, we don't have as many. You know, uh, I, I remember working somewhere and the HR person said that, well, when you're hiring for a job, your your staff should represent your community in terms of diversity. You know, if you have because every community is different, right? Some have more of X, some have more of Y, whatever. Um, and uh, but I don't feel like that's that's the case, mm -hmm. you know, and so it's. If we lived in a world where someone could, you could say, oh, wow, I didn't even notice that was happening. Maybe because so many people, myself included, have the, 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 their bias, they have this bias that they don't even, they're not even aware of, right? Mm -hmm. You know, for whatever reason, how you grew up, how you were raised, whatever reason, television, you could, whatever, name your reason. But it's like, I try my best to be cognizant, but not too cognizant of the fact that like, there may be a bias that I'm, uh, exhibiting that I'm not aware of, mm. but I don't want to overcorrect too much because then it becomes pandering, pandering, and just as awkward. So yes. it's it is there is a balance there. Like whoa, my life is so hard, but like you know there is a balance there that that I think people need to kind of regulate as best as possible. But you know, to my earlier point, it's like you can't change people's minds. You know, if if you're if you're the CEO of a company and you feel women are inferior. You're always going to feel that way. No matter yeah. what policies and procedures that the government puts in place, you're always going to feel that way and you're going to be fighting against it. And you're e and then once you forced feel, in, once, you're going to treat that person differently. Right. And then and then you become, once that is pushed upon you, then you become even more resistant to it. Right. You know? And so right. it is, it is very is much an uphill battle. Where the issue comes in for me when it's forced, right? Because if you're forcing me into a position because you have a spot to fill and you have to, you have to portray a certain... Uh, uh, standard in ter you know, in terms of a, a company standard, if you're going to treat me like shit because you didn't want me there, don't hire me because that's just going to sure. make my life impossible. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to hate getting up every day to have this experience because you don't want me in there. So a lot of it is, like you said, you know, you can't change a person's mind, and uh, all you can do is sort of broaden someone's horizons, make your points. And try to do the best that you can in 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 uh, in your success to sort of get that person to perhaps see a different side of things. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, you know, it's a lot of it's like talking to a person who's raised, let's say, uh, very religiously, right? You know, this is all that they know. They don't 
just the idea of thinking another way is blasphemous to them to even consider that what they believed their whole life may not be the case. If somebody's raised to be very racist, you know, it's like it's not an excuse for why you're overbearing and horrible to people. But I do understand like this is all this person knows. If you're from the time you're a child, your family is telling you this person that looks this way, they're horrible. They're dangerous to you. It's really, I, I commend people who later in their life are able, that's really hard to come out of that because that's ingrained in who you are. It's really difficult uh, if, if, you know, you then seek out that diversity or that difference or for a, a, a Christian who's a devout Christian to say, you know what, I'm going to question these things is like, that's a big thing because, yeah. you know, it's very much frowned Yeah, I mean, upon. I grew up in a very, very affluent, is that right? Like very white christianish sort of environment i mean my high school is well, small you were definitely not affluent well then then not then not affluent <laughs> definitely not <laughs> anti-affluent uh area you know my high school it was small but you know we had two black people in it yeah and you know women did not have there was not a very healthy outlook on women again this is like you know the 90s or whatever but uh, um so it was even worse then, but it's like, you know, I'm able to look back at, like, I never, I never thought people were less than, but I never thought about it, mm. you know, so I can look back at that and be like, wow, like, I was really ignorant about not being more proactive about certain things or, you know, allowing this mindset to kind of fester in the community sort of thing, you know, um, because it was so, it was such like a, I don't know if it was typical or not, but it was like, back in the 90s you, you it was like women and minorities were you know it was just like like we weren't racist but kind of you know because of not be, we weren't outwardly racist but we were like you had you had what i refer to as like that that built-in racism where you don't know it because it's not something that um you're not violently racist, right? It's not the extreme, right? But it's built in, sort of, to the. It's ingrained in 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 that the fact that you don't think about it is because you don't care to think about it. That's right. not enough to think about. So right. it's like it's sort of that 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 prejudice where you're like, well, no, there's that side over there, yeah. but whatever, you know, it's like a whatever attitude. But I think something that a lot of people we said this was gonna be a shortage. Every time we jinx ourselves, it's just short episode, and then we go on a tangent. Mm -hmm. But I think. The, something that a lot of people don't realize is that we so we had very different upbringings you know you were like country boy and i was city mm -hmm. kid and there's there's a lot of prejudice and racist racism there sure as well i think a lot of people just assume like oh because you're like, raised in the city but i do feel like the exposure to more hundred percent a hundred percent like yeah there's a there's a vast difference in it but i'm just saying that i think people they give too much credit to being raised in a city. Like, oh, it's a melting yeah, pot. Yeah. And everybody's cool with each other. It's like, definitely not. Definitely not. There was yeah. a whole, there's, there is separation there. It's just that because it's, because it is not, um, it's, it's on such a, a, a bigger scale. It becomes like a, a daily sort of, uh, it's a common occurrence, right? Yeah. So like, so, so, for you in a community well, where you were raised, right? If suddenly there was all this diversity, you would notice that, right? You'd be yeah, like, well, yeah, this is weird because right. we don't live this every day. But in the city, it's like, you could be like, I don't really like this group of people, but there's no escaping it, yeah. right? Because this is where we live in the city. Yeah. So you just sort of, they, they would internalize that. So it was kind of like that, 
cool to people's faces, but then behind closed doors, it was a whole other story. Whereas like when you go to more rural areas, they're very vocal about it. Yeah. Like they, they don't mind, you know, throwing a Confederate flag on their car and, yeah. you know, calling you all kinds of fun, colorful stuff to your face because you mm -hmm. gave them the wrong change or something. You know, they'll just say it. Whereas yeah. in the city, it was sort of like, we keep that for like our private time because yeah. you have to interact well, with different ethnicities yeah. and things like that. And I think because of the lack of exposure, you know, speaking of small town America, which is where I grew up, that lack of exposure, then it's different now because you have the Internet and, and information is, is more widely available. But in the 90s, you live in small town America, your only exposure to more diversity is through television through and through media. media. Yeah. And so that is the only way you can form your opinion. And, and Which we know media, has never been biased. <laughs> if, right. And if the media is telling you that uh, black people are all lazy or bad or whatever, then on the surface, you're smart enough to hopefully, you're like me, you're smart enough to know like, well, that's not, that's not necessarily true. But when you're bombarded with a messaging consciously or subconsciously, that can maybe not make you think that, but it, it does set that seed of like where people can then use that and, and inform their kind in of the wrong opinion. hands that becomes. Yeah. yeah. And so, and, and at the, and in the best case scenario is that in your head, it, it puts a, it puts a marker on the fact that they're different in some way, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's like, you know, through, through, through media and movies and TV well, one shows of the and stuff. Things, and though, it's like, actually it's that crazy. If you think about it, we were now. ignorant to is that see in the city, because you're, because there's so much diversity, we were like there was there was a much less tolerance when we would meet people that came from like a town like yours where it'd be like what's your fucking problem like so it became like oh so you're just you might as well be a clansman yeah yeah right because we didn't have that understanding well, of thing, like right? how could you have the liberty of being this prejudice because we didn't grow up in those towns and so then when you start to now that i live in this area i'm like oh I understand. Like, this is part of your upbringing. This is yeah. how your grandparents felt, your parents felt. So this is the message you've been told. And so there is that judgment of like, oh, you're all ignorant. You're all this and this and that. How could you think that way? And then you, you know, you start meeting people, you start meeting their family. And then there's little things that are said. And you're like, I, okay, all right. <laughs> I understand. You know, you, you become friends with a person that you're like, you know, this, this person seems like a good person, but then why do they feel this way? Like, yeah, you know, and then you start to understand it. There, you know, well, it's open communication. Too, yeah. It's that that's the problem is that you know they, we're very quick. We, there is this cancel culture, and some mm -hmm. people feel one way about it, and some people some people don't even like that there's a term cancel culture because they feel like that's de that that degrades the progress. But it's it's that you know there's a lot of misunderstanding. There's people in our lives right where we've met and been like I didn't like that person when I first met them and then you get to know them and you're like oh you know what it is it's that this and this and that, that about me them all the time because I'm quiet people think I'm a jerk people are like what is wrong with him <laughs> um you can be yeah like just you're a big really nerd, big well dork. no you're just like everyone has different sides to them and so it's like you are very like if someone doesn't fit that side like the sides that you have you don't know what to do with yourself and so then you just like you you power down hmm. and you're like i don't know this person and i don't know what side to give them so i'm just gonna power down we're working on it um yeah. <laughs> so yeah. anyhow um 
I did, like I said, I did enjoy this movie and I appreciated the message. I just felt like, uh, I think that the hype on just how inclusive and great and, and, and how the message was so, uh, I don't know, life altering for people. I was like, yeah, it was kind of like Wonder Woman for me. It's exactly the same thing. People watched Wonder Woman. They were like, oh, my God, female power. And I was like, yeah, that did not happen for me on this one. I had a whole lot of issues with messages in there that were just like stereotypes. And like, you know, that's how Barbie was. And no, no surprise, both big budgeted films like there's it's like there's a, you know, you got to follow the schematics with these types of movies where they're like, we'll let you have the message our way. Yeah, you can have the message. Not too much. Not too much. We're going to rein it back here. We'll let you have this one. You're not getting that one, you know. And so it's like you have to have a certain amount of like, of course, that's the reason. Of course, this is what guides them to do that. I mean, well, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but I don't think it's as groundbreaking as a lot of people were touting it to be. Hmm. It was entertaining, um, but... Also, it's funny that they were like, oh, we probably should, you know, you probably shouldn't cast Margot Robbie for a while, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you probably shouldn't have cast Ryan Gosling as much as I love him because that boy stole the show. I mean, did you have you watched Ryan Gosling before? Did you think that he wasn't going to steal the show? Well, Come I on. think the character as written is kind of ready to, I mean, he performs it really well. But I think the whole idea of what Ken does uh, a, a lesser actor would not have been able to steal no, the spotlight that mes- like that. Yeah, I He's very good at stealing the spotlight. Well, that I think of Crazy Stupid Love, well, and I'm it? like, yeah, sure, the lead character technically is Carell, yeah. but all of the lines that I find the funniest and all the parts that I remember are of Gosling. Like yeah. he just, he's very, he's a very, very good actor. He's an amazing actor, and so I just was like, I feel, I feel like they needed somebody that wasn't as showy i guess he still has the best snl sketch so well nelly portman's is pretty good too yeah, portman's is <laughs> too, yeah. um you know what i mean it's just uh he he's too bright a star if you will yeah for um for a film where the lead doesn't really have a lot of wiggle room yeah in terms of expression right because she's supposed to be a doll and robotic in a doll's way and so you didn't there's not not a lot of space to stretch your arms out and then but you let him stretch his arms out like all day yeah yeah right he went from like typical ken to just being like this crazy dude and so then for me the focus was ken yeah cruel irony but the movie for me was about ken I've heard that sentiment before. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. I see. I see. I, didn't, I mean, I didn't look it up because, again, I didn't plan on well, watching this in, movie. But just, I, I'm glad you know, it wasn't just me. In the feed and stuff, and oh. about how the movie could have easily been a Ken movie, and yeah. Um, I Sorry. Do, I do. I don't know. I feel like it. It focused more on Barbara. She had more screen time, and stuff. For me, it was just a performance thing where the 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 performance of Ken, both as performed and as written, lent itself to being. A little more over the top, so it's a little more engaging in like the 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 funny one liners and the the silly things that happen. Is shout out to the to the to the singing at you thing that I oh laughed God, the hardest at because I have always found being serenaded to be the cringiest experience <laughs> yeah. ever. That was really funny. 
I absolutely, I don't understand how people find that like sweet and romantic. I would just, I'm jumping out of my skin when someone's like, can I play a song for you? Can you not? Can you just record it and send me the file? Can I hear it? Is it on, is it on iTunes? Can you just, do you have it maybe on Spotify or just somewhere that I can listen to that on my own? Um, Please don't sing at me. That's so awkward. (laughs) It's You know, there were really good moments like that. The comedy was great in it. It was, you know, mm-hmm. it was good. It's just, I felt differently about the message and the impact of that message, I guess. Yeah. that That's just what it was for me. And also, like, screen time to me doesn't mean that you're... No, no, but I do, I, I don't know. I felt like this was very much Because guess Barbie's what, sir? Journey, journey. Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette had all the screen time that you could ask for. But you know what <laughs> actors I think of? When I think of true romance, I think of Gary Oldman as Drexel, and I think of fucking Brad Pitt saying, fucking condescend me, man. I'll fucking kill you. Yeah. He had three, maybe four lines in the entire movie, and I still, I just think of Brad Pitt stoned out on a couch. Hey, do you want a hit of this? Oh, no. <laughs> just yeah. the way, it's like, that's that's the beauty of, that's not even a supporting character. Brad Pitt wasn't even a supporting character. Yeah. Like was a, he was a like cameo. He was best. it was a cameo at best, but did so well that that's what I remember when I think of that movie. I don't think of Christian Slater and his weird Jack Nicholson impression yeah. and, and everything that he does. Patricia Arquette was good in too. James Gandolfini also. A lot of people forget that mm-hmm. he was in that. Um, I always think of the the that movie producer at the end. That guy and yeah. Bronson Pinchot. Bronson Pinchot. Yeah, it was the it was the smaller character. Bron- yeah. Bronson Pinchot crying on the roller coaster yeah. and getting the coke smashed in his face by the yeah, girl yeah. in the car. Like those were the people that I think of. And she just laughed. And she's just laughing at him. Like yeah. that those th- those are the characters that I dream of playing as as an actor because you get to you just get to go all out. That's it. There's a there's a confinement in being a lead because they don't let you do as much as a lead. It's kind of like yeah. sort of like a uh, you know, the firstborn. Right. So the leads are like the firstborn. They get the, the strictest rules. And then by the time you have your sixth kid, you know, they're juggling knives. You're like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Those are your supporting roles and your cameos. Like They're just like, just let them do whatever the fuck they want. And everyone remembers those characters. Yeah. So it's like you want like you want the payday of the first child. Mm-hmm. But I want the freedom of the last born. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's a it's a catch 22. <laughs> you can't you can't win for losing at that point mm-hmm. um anyhow next week will literally be christmas yeah so um i don't know i'm sure we'll squeeze we'll squeeze some stuff in before um so we will be dropping this on christmas no one will be listening to this on christmas no. we may not even have to drop this on christmas because well, not this, but the next one no no i mean yeah i mean our show like, yeah, yeah probably could skip that and just go straight to the next day because who's going to be Unless you're driving, right? Driving yeah. back from your location and you're like, I want to listen to these two idiots talk about something. Here we are. Yeah, people drive uh, um, during the holidays. I do want to, we, we do, uh, we said we didn't know what we would do with like the Ricky Gervais thing. I'm really looking forward to seeing that, but I don't know what we're going to do in terms of like reviewing that. Mm. We'll see. Maybe it's review-ish yeah. type of material that you can review. Is there any, what else is coming out? There has Not to much. be something else coming out. Uh, not much. I don't know. No, there was something that I saw that like I think was... Like a film was, or... Yeah, it was like a film or a hmm. show or something that I remember seeing the 17th. Why is the 17th... Wait. Godzilla minus one? That's tomorrow. Something's dropping tomorrow or something. Uh, Rebel uh, Moon. I'll make you watch that, I'm sure. Which one's that? That's that uh, 
the sci-fi movie on Netflix, Zack Snyder's movie. Oh God! Yeah. Is there one? He made another one. What did, what, what did he make? So basically, what is it? so basically, fuck a duck. Way back in the day, Zack Snyder wrote a Star Wars film, and then he never made it. Obviously, so oh, he took that geez. script and he changed it around, and then he made a, a sci-fi film. And it's two parts. There's a first parts in two parts. Yeah, first parts in December, and the second parts in like April or something. I'm not sure when. The well, then why would is. we talk about it? Oh, it's very far apart. Yeah. I was going to say, why, why wouldn't you wait movies, to watch? Apparently. But it's like his big... I can't wait. You know, sci-fi epic kind of thing. But Sure, sure. You know. Sure, yeah. All sure. sci-fi nerds will watch it and then will either hate it or like it. I don't know. I just don't... I, I'm not much with the Zack Snyder. I just, you know, I, I don't... Yeah, I, I've never really watched anything of his that I that I really... Wasn't there a Zack Snyder dig in the Barbie movie? Or am I imagining that? Yeah, yeah. it was. Okay. Um, but... Uh, I just want to see a good sci-fi film. So if it happens to be directed by Zack Snyder, then that's fine. But any big epic sci-fi film, I always brute for. Am I crazy in noticing, or I feel, I'm saying noticing because I don't know, that would imply that it was fact, but I feel like it's getting harder and harder to find good sci-fi movies because they've been replaced by good sci-fi shows. Yeah, probably. Like it used to be like yeah. sci-fi movies were like, you got shit like Moon. We haven't gotten a movie like Moon in forever. Like they yeah. don't exist anymore. Yeah. It's really rare. It's like, because everything's graphics now, right? So it, yeah. it's like, I feel like if it's a sci-fi movie, there has to be a plethora of graphics and effects in there. That's the only thing that makes it sci-fi. But like right. sci-fi, sci-fi, like that, oh fuck, what was that? That sci-fi with Jason Ritter that we saw, remember when they were like stranded and they had the suits on? Fuck a duck. I don't remember the name of it. I really liked it, but I only saw it that once. Mm. But like Book of Eli type shit, like that yeah. type of sci-fi. What happened? It's like, look, I love you. I get it. You're an animator and the stuff that you guys do is amazing. But can we get back to like... Ground, like, like a grounded, like, like, uh, like sci-fi. Feasible, like yeah. real world thing. Like, I mean, a real Tales from the Loop. Tales from the Loop. Um, uh, what's the other one with John Goodman? That really wasn't a sci-fi, but there was a sci-fi later, like things like that. Late. Yeah, like things yeah. that are like tangible, I guess, is the best way that I can word it, right? Because like these things aren't real, luckily, yet, right? They could be real. But, you know, um, it's stuff that that isn't for show, where the story, it's a story based sci-fi, where the right. effects are in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, in service of the story. Yeah, they're in service of the story, but they're they're also just sort of like an accoutrement, if you will, right? They're the condiment to like the actual meat and potatoes of what makes it a sci-fi yeah. film. It's a story, it's a storyline-based film. And now everything is just like, when are the effects coming in here? The storyline, yeah. which is, you know, a lot of people would shout all over the creator because it was like, well, uh, the story wasn't that great. It really wasn't. I mean, there was nothing groundbreaking about the story, but the effects were beautiful. It was really beautifully done. And I love that for what it is. But it seems like we've replaced one for the other. It's like now the right. only thing we can have is like, if we can't talk about how amazing the effects were, was it really a sci-fi? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, you need, I, I want to see bigger and bolder. And yeah, sort of and I real yeah. I miss I miss being able to have a movie yeah. that's like there's one character in this. That's it through the whole movie because the story is so strong and the writing is so stellar that ex they were able to write. Yeah, ex machina. They're able to write around that 
and still create a really good groundbreaking film that everybody remembers. Mm -hmm. It's just like now everything's about effects. I really miss that. I'm starting to get bummed here. Well, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're here to then, we're here to to make the movies we want to see. You've got the middle ground too, with like I'll take like the District Nines, yeah, where like yeah, the effects were amazing, but that was that was you know that was a, a storyline, story. like yeah, that yeah. was a really good storyline. Um, I just I don't know what's happening. It's it's feast or famine. Yeah, we can never see into like once something becomes like oh hey somebody did good graphics. Well, that's the only way to do this now. No, 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 no. It just means that when you make a movie that is heavily based on graphics, here's how you can do it and make it look better. That doesn't mean that that now replaces every science fiction story that gets written. Speaking of which, I still have to watch Avatar. Oh, God. I keep forgetting about that one. Oh, no. That's what a shame that you've forgotten about that. I will make it my business to remind you of it. Yeah, sure. Very, very heavily. I'll Every day, I'll make sure. Well, that... it's a short one today. <laughs> Look, we we can't we can't shut up. No. Let's just put it that way. I'll just We haven't had a conversation in like We don't talk four or to each other yet. No. He, I've been that my computer. Yeah, he's been he's had a project that he's had a deadline for. He's had two projects that we, he was working on consecutively and so uh there has there were times I just would like walk up to the desk, place the food near you, check for your pulse and then walk away. Yeah. Remind you like, "Hey, you should shower. It's yeah. time to shower." So is this is Thursday? the most this is the most convo we've had uh, in the past week. So we kind of went a little crazy with it. Anyway, um, memories of the Christmases and the happy holidays and the Hanukkahs and the Kwanzaas and yeah, everything that you celebrate and, uh, you know, shout out. Mograph. To Mograph. And I don't know what we're going to watch. Something's coming out. I'll figure it out and we'll probably talk about it. Maybe on Christmas or maybe the day afterwards. Maybe the day afterwards. We'll see. We'll see see what we're up to yay yay happy holidays and stuff yep bye bye bye